Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music, the producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others, and as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories. I 
always be happy together. And I didn't think we'd ever grow apart. And I said, I could never love This is not a Nashville song pitching session from 1965. This is big sound, small town, and we're in the Earl Scruggs Center in Shelby, North Carolina. And my guest is singer, songwriter, and guitarist, Jim Garrett. Welcome to the show, Jim. Welcome, thank you so much for having me here. That's good old school sound there. Well, that's, I grew up on old country music with you know Merle Haggard and Buck Owens and Conway Twitty and what we call the traditional music, especially Hank Sr. Uh, I was a big fan of Hank Sr. and uh, always wanted to play his music and and just felt a kinship there. So Well, I could see that being pitched to any one of those people that you um, just mentioned. That's a, that's a really good song. Thank you. And it's a great sounding guitar. What are you playing? Uh, this is a Martin D28. Uh, just a plain old Martin D28. Uh, it's about 19 years old now, and it gets better every day. Uh, I love the sound on it. Got a lot of compliments on the sound of it. And Sounds this is good. my workhorse. This is the one I play on every show. That's good. All right, now, you just mentioned what you grew up on. Let's go on back and explore that a little bit. Uh, I guess that was what you were hearing on the radio and stuff as a kid growing up? Well, as my uh, mom tells me, when I was just a little baby, and uh, when they would put me in the bed at night, they had a uh, record player for those that yeah remember record players. Yeah. remember the records, and I would go to sleep at night with them playing me country music, oh, okay. especially Hank. And um, mom always tells the story that, uh, that I would go, I'd be asleep, and that arm would go off sure. and the music would stop and then I would start to moan or whatever and they just move the arm right back right over back. and start over again. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that is, it's sunk in, no doubt. Well, I started playing, believe it or not, when I was four years old. Oh, really? Um, and I just fell in love with country music and the reason for falling in love with country music is that you know, I played rock and roll, uh, and and but it's so distorted. And all you need to do is a big amp, turn it up, and distortion. Sure. Country music to me was so precise. Uh, when you have people like Buddy Bird and uh, you know them playing the guitar for Ernest Tubb and that, it, it just 
every note was crisp and clear. It was. And that to me was talent. Mm. Uh, I, I agree. Now, I, so I guess when you started playing at four, did you have a teacher or did you teach? How did that come about? There was, uh, no, I didn't have a teacher. And to be quite honest, I was just banging on the guitar yeah. and singing songs. Um, and then um, I did take about six weeks of lessons. Uh, I think it was called Riding House in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I, my patience wore thin. Yeah, I do <laughs> they, understand they, that. They yeah. give you this book and they say, okay, we do this and that. And, uh, so what I did is uh, I listened to records. Uh, I'd go watch other people play. And then I'd come home and sit there and try to recreate that. Mm. And that's the way I learned. And I play completely by ear. Um, I can't read music uh, and don't really care to. Right, I understand, yeah. Well, now, okay, so when do we decide we're going to write music, you know, songs? Well, you know, that's a good question because... Um, I, I never, and I still don't think of myself as a songwriter. Hmm. Um, I, I think of, I'm a guitar player, and I get hired uh, and then played with many bands to play lead guitar for them. Right. Um, but I was playing some venues um, in Charlotte, and uh, some of those venues uh, would come and say, well, we really like what you're doing all cover. We want you to play originals. Right. And uh, I said, okay, if I want to work. So yeah. I sat down, and writing is a really a struggle for me. I can get a verse, I can get a hook, I can get a, but I get to the second verse or, or bridge or sure. something, and I get stuck. Um, but uh, so I wrote originals and started performing those in my show. And um, then uh, the venues came back and said, well, we love your stuff, but you know, the people want to hear more than yeah. covers. Oh yeah, I do. How do you win? I, you can't, I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the great debate for people who do original music is, how much cover music do I have to do in order to get them to hear my original music? And that's a task for some Exactly, and that's why I like doing, uh, I like doing the 45 minute opening show sure, the bigger right. acts, yeah. because you can get in there, do your music, it's new, fresh to them, you're not covering anybody else, and it gives you a chance to get out there with your music. Right, yeah, it did. Now, um, so, so you stayed in the acoustic vein the whole time, or did you? No, uh, I'm, I'm actually, as I said, I, I'm known as a guitar right. maker, and uh, I'm really known for uh, the telly country, telly picking, chicken, chicken picking, picking yeah. uh, stuff. Uh, just played a show uh, Saturday, uh, uh, Sunday night, uh, doing just that, right. uh, telly, telly work. Um, but that's what I'm really known for. Let's talk some telly, telly stuff. Sure. I mean, um, you know, there's a, that's a whole subcategory of um, guitar in itself. I mean, there are whole websites dedicated to Telecaster players. There are. And, there are. and uh, you want to talk about a telly a little bit? Well, I, I, I'd be happy to. Um, my, uh, the telly that is my workhorse that I use um, is a 1978 custom shop. 
nothing really special other than it came from the custom shop. Yeah, right. Um, I have uh, a show telly that I call. It was actually the at uh, the 2002 NAM show. Oh, okay. The custom shop built. If you um, Don Rich. Yeah, Don Rich. Don. Yeah. Um, Buck Owen. And it, it it's a really a remake back yeah. of his guitar. And it's very sparkly and all, and there's only two in the world. Oh. There's a sister that's red, and mine is black charcoal. Okay. And I use that on the shows, but the telly to me is such a versatile, versatile guitar. I play it when I play rock and roll. I play it when I play country. I play it when I play Americana. It's just a good, all-around, good-sounding guitar uh, and very functional. Um, and I just like the sound that comes out of them and each one is different too. Yeah. Each one is different. They are. And I'm um well for the techies and for the telecaster techies in particular, I'm sure you play that through what kind of amp? Well, I I used to um I'm a big Vince Gill fan. Yeah. And uh, when I was playing with the what I call the dance bands, you know, right. around and playing all the dances I thought, uh, I tried to do like Vince, I, I uh, set up, and I use uh, Revere yeah. Duro 100, and I use two of them, oh. just like Vince. Yeah. But, um, but then I got older and wised up carrying that equipment. That's a lot of equipment crazy. to carry. And so I went to a little shop up in the mountains, and they had a Mesa Boogie F30. And it's, I bought the amp, and I brought it back, and I hated it. I oh, mean, really? It was too thin. It, I mean, it was just tinny to me. And I just didn't find the sound that I had with the duo, the Riveras. Right. And so I took it to, uh, and I hope it's okay to mention his name. Yes, it is. Steve Stokel in Charlotte. He does all my amp work. Steve of the, of the Sponge Tones. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, I said, Steve, I hate this amp. Uh, and he said, Jim, let me let me let me hear. It. And so he did. And he said, let's warm it down just a tad. And he put different tubes in it, and we warmed it down. It's been my rig for 16 years. Oh, I guess he did. I guess he did get it right then. <laughs> been my rig for 16 years. All right. Well, why were I only use uh, two pedals? That's where I was going. I um, I use a uh, Boss DD5. A digital delay, mm -hmm. which is a little slight delay, and a tuner. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. Uh, the, there, there are other things in my pedal board. I have a tremolo unit. I have a flange. Um, I have, uh, uh, I forget what the other one is, but anyway, I have them in there, and that's only for studio work. A reverb, I'm sure. It, you know, it's just for studio work. Right. But I only use a digital delay, and that's my sound. And I'm taking it probably, uh, the strings are probably, what, nine or tens? I use uh, tens on mine. Tens. Uh, nine I find to be a little too thin. Yeah, there's you know, for, um And uh, I do a lot of bends, yeah. em you know, emulating the, the sure. steel guitar. And I actually bend sometimes a note to uh, a note and a half 
uh, and we're hitting um, the breaking point on the exactly. Thinner. So I need a little stronger sure. uh, uh, string. Yeah. Uh, when I do that, um, and it is a little fatter tone too. A little bit. Yes, it is. I even experimented with a real light bottom and a real heavy. Yeah. Uh, uh, top. And I, again, when I was playing with the what I call the dance bands, uh, I actually took two tellies with me. One I would take that was set up heavy and down tune it a whole note. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the other one was standard tuning. That's pretty um, good. That's and pretty it gave good. a different sound, but I don't do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, um, all right, that's your tele education for today, folks. Uh, you want to know how the people get the sounds? Oh, okay, with the chicken picking. Are you a hybrid picker when you do that, or is it all pick? Um, I use a, a pick in my fingers. Yeah. Uh, my uh, actually, I hold my pick with the thumb right. and the and pointing finger, and then uh, the other two fingers I use to pick those. And I actually pick up on the strings. And I, obviously, we are on radio, but. If you notice, my nails are completely gone. Yeah, and that's because I actually get a double hit um, on, and it's a sort of a unique sound for me. But it's I get a double hit, and my nails just wear down because I sure. have the thinnest nails ever. Uh, but that's the way I do it, um, and I, I find I can't get the sound with just the the, the uh, uh, raw thumb. Right. Uh, so I use the pick and use the other two to pick up. And I mean, I even, it's sort of like a smack bass. I can smack the strings, right. you know, back against the right. fingerboard. You know, that's what the, that's the hand pick, hand preference of the really good telly players also. So that's, that, um, you're hearing it right here, guys, if you want to know how to do that. That and how much practice? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, I, I, um, it's funny, the way I practice is I'll put on a CD and I'll just play along with that CD. Uh, sometimes I'll just be sitting watching TV with a guitar in my hand right? and I'm just keeping my fingers loose and playing notes and, and whatever. Um, and of course, if I'm trying to learn somebody's music or something, you know right. that, but basically I just kind of keep fluid and just keep, you know, the technique there. Right. It's, um... We definitely had to touch on that part of it. So it sounds like your musical equipment is pretty right on. I mean, it's, it's good stuff. Um, so how did you get here today? I mean, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, and I lived there until I was about 18 or 19. And I played around. Um, uh, we didn't have the venues like we have right, today. Yeah. Uh, so we played the YMCA and, you know, uh, the school right. dances and that type of thing. We had a band called the Sensations, and uh, we, we just we played a good bit. And then I'd go watch the other guys, like I right. said, play uh, and try to learn from them. Um, and then I moved to uh, Charlotte, uh, and I've been in Charlotte now for a little over 35 years. Um, and I just started making my rounds there and started introducing myself to the Charlotte market and um, that's kind of where I've been. I've, I've played um, since I was four years old, like, you know, right. I said, 
Uh, really started perfecting though my play, and I guess when I was about eight. Okay. Well, uh, and, and really serious and, and considered to be a half decent player. <laughs> so I guess you get a lot of work in the Charlotte area. I mean, I would think that I, I, I kind of know the number of uh, tele pickers uh, in. And I, I guess you do lead acoustic playing too, don't I you? I do, I do. Uh, I get... Uh, Which is, I guess, a totally different group of people than the tele playing. Well, it is. And, um, you know, one of my ambitions uh, has always been to be the rhythm guitar player for an all-girl band. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, um, we're hearing this. And, and um, I love playing rhythm. There is a real art... There is. To play in rhythm. Yes, there is. Um, and so I get hired, especially on you know somebody else's album, just to come in and put rhythm tracks. Uh, and I use this guitar right here uh, for that. Uh, I do get hired sometimes just to come in behind the other lead guitar player and uh, build a different little riff. Sure. Um, that's one of the reasons um, uh, I like playing with Lenny Federal. Yeah, Lenny. Uh, Lenny is such a great guitar player. And when I play with him sometimes on a Friday night, um, I just lay a wrist right behind him uh, and give him different little rhythms, you know, to come in there. Mm -hmm. It's not a straight rhythm guitar kind right, of thing. Right, exactly. It's, a, it's another kind of lead softly behind him. Right. Um, and so... Uh, but, we, not, but not a twin. Not a twin. Exactly. No, not there. a twin. Yeah. It's, it's just... Uh, I think Vince Gill is the master of doing that. Uh, if you really break down Vince Gill's music, there are like six different kind of rhythm tracks going on in his True. music. Actually, the same could be said. Another Telecaster player who is totally different, but uh, if you ever break down the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards has mm -hmm. multiple tracks behind there that people never... Exactly. Realize, and some of them are leads, and some of them are rhythms, are yes. are pieces of chords that that with a rhythmic exactly, know, and, and that's tool. what makes their music so. It great. is, it is. <laughs> I mean, it really is. So you do studio work also, besides just being a um, uh, guys a mercenary. No, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> You know, I, uh, we'll play for good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, I mean, that's good. I mean, I, I guess over the years you've played with a lot of different people in the Charlotte area. Um, I, I have. Um, I've been, um, not only have I played for them, I've been fired by them. Oh, yeah, um, I do understand that, and too. And the reason I get uh, fired is not because of my playing. It's that some of these artists out here, think they need to practice five days a week. Yeah, I do understand and that too. I don't believe in that. And I get fired very easily for not being on a regular practice. And the reason for that is, is I like magic. Yeah. And I like for I think you need to be tight and you need to know what your music is. But once you've got it, you've got it. And then you let the, you let the magic happen when you're performing it. Um, so I get fired a lot. So, so improvision is a good thing with you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as Tony Rice says, if I hear the same thing 
two nights in a row you're fired? <laughs> I can swear to you, I don't think I've played one, unless it's a signature lick. Right, oh yeah, song, there's some of those you do have to play. I don't think I've played a song the same way twice. <laughs> That's great. I'm back with Jim and we're talking guitars and songwriting and I think we're going to talk a little bit about the music scene in Charlotte, um, how it is to play music in Charlotte. Um, you want to pick up on any of that? Well, I think um, Charlotte is a unique town for the music scene. You're being kind. And, <laughs> and well, from the standpoint um, that if you're going to play the bars, um, the bars don't really care about quality. The bars care more about uh, you being more of a beer salesman. Exactly. Um, and if you're going in there to play the bars, you can't be thin-skinned. You are noise. And there are people I watch when I play any venue, I always watch the people and try to tailor my music to them because I can see it getting to some. Right. But they're there for other reasons. And then the the bar owners, uh, I mean, if you're a professional musician, uh, like a lot of us yeah. are, and we're trying to make a living at doing this, um, that the bar owners really don't care about that in quality. I mean, if we've got Johnny Bedroom guy that can come out to the venue, he'll play for nothing, and he can bring his friends there, which are 10 or 12, and they'll right. drink some beer and, right. and all, and he's a one-night Johnny. Yeah. Or maybe a two-night Johnny, because they will come, and it's his time to be his 15 minutes of sure. time. Yeah. Um, when you get out there, uh, like myself, um, you do get a following, and those people come to hear you. Right. Uh, but trying to book stuff is difficult, and trying to make money. Uh, I, I love to tell this story, uh, and I hope I don't step on anybody's toes, but when I was uh, 16 years old, I guess, we used to play the uh, school dances. Mm -hmm. And we would sell tickets or whatever, and I would make back then maybe a hundred to one hundred twenty-five dollars right. a night, which you were rich. Yes, I am now way past that. Right, and I'm still playing for a hundred twenty-five dollars a night. That is <laughs> everything in America has gone up. What for for those who are not famous, you do not realize that. Musicians get paid the same today as they did 40 years ago, 50 and years ago. Here's a testament to it right here. It is. <laughs> I mean, it is. We both know this. Um, every working band that you probably go see knows this very well. Now, the prices of beer has gone up. Everything has gone I mean, you know, you can go get a $13 beer, uh, but, but you see none of that margin kick back to um, musicians exactly or bands. and and of course the venues have changed you know like in Charlotte 
Oh, I don't even know how many breweries there yeah, are. Yeah, it's there. a different. Uh, with the you know with the craft beers, and so they have they'll have live music. Yep. They pay pretty decent. They do. Um, but you earlier know, earlier hours too than exactly, bars usually. Yeah. Exactly, and so you know some way they get it. They've gotten it right. In some um, ways, yeah. But, it's, you know, the traditional venues, and plus new people have moved in to sure. Charlotte. Yeah, they have. Um, and that's one of the reasons for, my opinion alone, demise of the double door. Oh, yeah. They, the new people that came in didn't understand the history no. and didn't understand the tradition of the double door. It was just another place out there on Independence mm -hmm. or, uh, Boulevard. Um, and it, the double door didn't change anything to make that known. No. Um, and it, so you know, it, it had, I think I think two of the more successful venues um, have been the Neighborhood Theater. True. Uh, because they bring in big acts and they let the local acts open. All right. And I like that. I like that too. Um, the the Evening Muse is a little finickety. From yeah. the standpoint, they only want pretty much out of towners in. True, they do. Um, uh, and and so it's and if you do play there, they don't want you to book anything within 30 days of playing True. within a 25 mile radius yep. of them. Yeah. Well, you can't do that. No, not make a living. Um, you can't. So, um, you know, those are two traditional venues, though, that are still being successful, right. but they have different. You know, they, they have a different, to play, uh, I think most of the musicians now, uh, and at least myself too, are playing the breweries. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, some, I play the breweries, that's what we play too. Uh, the Comic Grill though, uh, I want to give them a big yeah. shout out. They have been a musician's bar. Uh, I have played there forever and they get it. They treat they their musicians well and they book the local acts. They do. And they have music seven days a week. And they have good crowds too. They do. I mean, and that's uh, another thing too. A lot of times, even when you do get a decent venue to play at, sometimes it, you're playing for minimal crowd. Right. And I, you know, I, there again, sometimes I think uh, venue owners aren't aren't very good at promoting their own uh, they promote their bar but not their music acts well and that's a good point uh, that a lot of these other newbies out there um, want you to promote and want yeah. you to bring the people in sure. and uh, it's the other way around guys mm -hmm. uh, I'm there to help keep your people yeah, there. exactly you bring them in I my job is to keep them. yep you and, get them in there and we'll give you a reason to come back. Exactly. I think that, and exactly. I think that's that's great, Jim. That's really. Uh, but you know, they don't get that. They don't get that. <laughs> no. And the bottom line, you're right. Um, musicians are beer salesmen. Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. much bottom line. That's what they want. Yeah, it is. And uh, then there's always the uh, private venues where or private party type things where. Uh, sometimes you can get overpaid after the other stuff you've been being paid or paid fair what i would say fair value you know, that's a very good point uh i've done a lot of corporate work and i aligned myself with two of the better known caterers in town 
so that when they were doing a venue, you know, a uh, event for right. like, you know, one of the bigger banks or something, and they want bluegrass or right. country or whatever, they would call me, and uh, we are paid very well. And and that allows you to go do the other job. Other stuff. I mean, and 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 those aren't I, you know, as well as I do, they aren't the most fun jobs, the most satisfying the jobs that you ever do, but um. Uh, they do pay, yep. you know. And and uh, I tell you, uh, as a shout out, uh, the Catawba Coffee House yeah. in Mount Holly. I agree. Uh, David Childers, who's a good friend of mine, I do some guitar work and we do I some shows yeah. together, uh, is a real catalyst in that. And sometimes you get three people in there listening yeah. to you, but they're listening to you. Well, and that's the thing about a real listening room. Yeah. Uh, we have one in this town, actually. Uh, the bands all like to play it. Um, uh, you know, it's the Dragonfly Wine Bar. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things you play there because uh, people listen, yeah. and it's a good room. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't come around, and you can make concessions to play at places like that where people will listen. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, I do understand that, and all songwriters in particularly, in particular, will make concession for people to listen to what they're doing yeah as opposed to being uh you might as well be a tv yeah so so yeah charlotte is different now how are the charlotte musicians to work with since you are a guy who gets hired um i, I find well are they are they warm and inviting or are they stand off it's a mixture of the whole nine yards okay um there are some that uh, take themselves way too seriously. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then there are some that are so nice and humble um, and are very easy to work with. So it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, I have played with some folks that I just, after I've done it, I really don't care to yeah, play do with it them again. again. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think it's a real mixed bag. And I think you have to be uh, on the on a whole, though, they're all good. Yes, good. Uh, and um, but there are as that twenty yeah. percent that you. Uh, but I think as a whole, uh, I've made a lot of friends in Charlotte, a lot with the musicians, and and we respect each other's work. And I think that's the biggest thing. We respect each other's. Well, work. that's good. Well, now I will have to say. This is a mu music community in Cleveland County. I mean, there are tons of musicians, tons of bands. Um, they all play, so it's hard for them to individually go out and support uh, other, you know, other exactly. acts. However, uh, that being said, there's a lot of support among the musicians of respect. You know, they it's kind of a pretty tight bond here. And it's a large, I mean, this this uh, county has um, a real diverse scene and a lot of really talented musicians. And uh, everybody, I, there's not what I would call a pecking order here. You know, everybody's pretty, they know everybody, and uh, it's not unusual for somebody to step out of their comfort element and play with somebody else. Which I don't know that that can be said of a lot of places. They, well, it's, and it's not always that way in Charlotte either. 
Um, but there are musicians that if you're there in the house and uh, they'll, you, and, and, but my MO is this, is I have to be invited. Oh, yes. Play. Oh, that should uh, always be the case. There are some musicians that will just walk up and say, okay, I'm going to play. Uh, can I sit in and can I do this yeah, or whatever? No, um, I am there, and if, if you so feel would like me to do something, I have to be invited. Yes. I, I would never step on somebody else's territory. Now, now Cleveland County is pretty good about that. They'll invite musicians up to play. But uh, no, no real musicians come up and ask, can they? Exactly. No. That's correct. Uh, You're always invited. But now there are plenty of people who do ask to sing. Uh, can I sing one? Well, you know that pretty standard answer around here is no. No. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I mean, I mean, if it's somebody that we know that we played right, with, right? You know, uh, well, yeah. probably at that point we've asked them if we see them out there, yeah. but. But uh, that being said, there are certain ones that could ask at any point in this town, and sure, it would happen, but right. then they're not likely to ask. Yeah. But So, yeah, no, the answer is no, usually, if you want to play with the band. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that. I get that. So, well, I think you've really given a lot of insight into um, uh, what it's like to be a musician not only as an individual performer, but as a studio, as a, as a hired part of a band, and as a member of a band. And uh, for those who are thinking about going to a bigger city, you know, like Charlotte, you need to, you need to go over and find out about it. You know, exactly. and guys like Jim can really well, by just doing the podcast, he's going to help several people just who listen think twice about going, at least at least think about the things they need to know before they get there. Is it a, is it a crowded field? Uh, it's crowded from a standpoint that it is from what I call the guys trying to make the living right. and the guys out there that are, uh, are and don't get me wrong, they're, they're, they're good. Some of them are good, some of them are really bad, yeah. but some of them are good. But there's a real difference between, and as we talked earlier, uh, it is a crowded field just from a standpoint there's a whole bunch of these, what I call the Johnny Bedrooms. Yeah. And, and um, uh, it's, it's a hard compete. It is, I mean, you know, I know you get a lot of a lot of young musicians who are here today going to going tomorrow, but they're in the same competition uh, exactly. for the jobs as the people who put the time in or they're working. Exactly, and so you just deal with it and and love the music. Mm -hmm. Oh, and styles of music. Uh, are you, you know, I guess it helps to be able to play as many styles as you can. It it does. Uh, you know, some you like better than others. True. Like I said, I grew up on country, and that's my choice. Right. Um, but I have played country. I have played bluegrass. I play blues. I have played uh, rock and roll. Um, uh, I don't do the heavy metal stuff right. anymore. My ears can't take that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a real good jazz player. Um, but those are that I, I'm pretty versatile but then when you look at the things that you do there are more opportunities than that than say the jazz player i don't care where they live there's limited opportunities 
outside of large cities to play jazz. Well, that's true. And, and, and I learned early on is that if you want to do and play with the people and have good and really get out there and learn, here's the key. I try to learn something from somebody else. Mm -hmm. And you can only do that by spreading out yeah. and, and getting. Um, so I, I, you know, I enjoy that. And it makes you a lot more versatile it does. And, and get you to do. Matter of fact, if you don't mind, then plug in the album. Sure. Um, I don't mind at all. We, um, the, the way that album came about, I had played on everybody else's records. Right. Never did an album of my own. Yeah. And my wife and I were sitting at the Sunday morning, the uh, table, and uh, she looked at me and she said, You know, Jim. It's time you did your own album. Sure. And I said, well, you know, it costs money, and I'm not real sure. And she said, listen, we're going to do it. And she said, but you got to promise me something. And I said, what's that? And she said, if you do it, do it right. Right. And so we did. And so this album, uh, if you listen to it, um, it it's... It is a hodgepodge of all my background. Right. I mean, there's some country on it. There's some Americana uh, towards the Bob Dylan type styles. Right. There's a blues, you know, kind of tune yeah. in there. Um, it's it's just uh, I almost call the uh, album influences. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that... um, but uh, it's um, uh, Randy Franklin is a good musician friend of mine. And uh, Randy said, it's just good traveling music. That's good. And my wife calls it 90 miles of entertainment. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love, I love that. So uh, that was my first in, album. And um, we were looking at maybe doing a gospel album. Did you, did you call in friends to help with this or did you? This is my core band. Oh, okay. Uh, and here's the curious thing on the album. David Childers produced it. Yeah. And we went, uh, booked uh, Old House Studios. Sure. That's where we I, did it. I recorded there. Yeah. And uh, we went in and I booked the studio on a Sunday um, uh, for eight hours. And we rehearsed twice, but these guys have been playing music with mm. me for five or six yeah, years. Yeah, it makes a difference. Um, and so we went in and I said, guys, I'd like to get all of this stuff down on the album and then we can tweak if we need to in six hours we put down the whole album no vocal redos mm -hmm. only one lead snippet right the album was recorded in six hours <laughs> live wow i'm impressed <laughs> You know? But those are the musicians I have with me. It's your core, um, it's your core and, group. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they are just spot on, and they play with me, and they know where I'm going. They know what to do, and they're good. Uh, Rob McWilliams plays bass. Yeah. Jeff White plays fiddle. Nate Powell is on mandolin. And then I do uh, the acoustic work okay. on the guitar. Okay. And it's an all-acoustic album. Oh, okay. No drums. Uh, David did throw in some harmonica. And then I came back and did overdub uh, uh, banjo. Oh, okay. On a tune or two, but other than that, that's it. Wow, I'm impressed. That's good. And what is the name of the album? 
the album's called Nowhere to Go, yep. uh, which uh, uh, played the title track yeah. off of that. Right. That song was written on Father's Day uh, about eight years ago. Uh, I was waiting to go see my grandkids, and I couldn't see them until that afternoon. And so I sat down in my chair, mm -hmm. and I wrote that song. Oh, yeah. And so that's the title cut on the song. Uh, on the album. I guess it's available on the iTunes, Spotify. It is on every outlet that you can find. Okay. Uh, you can stream it, you can buy it, um, and uh, but iTunes, CD Baby, Spotify, right. and, and the whole shebang. Every, all of them out there. I, yeah. Too many to mention. So please buy it. Yep. <laughs> you heard it right there. <laughs> He's a working musician. Every, every cent helps. Download it, whatever you need yeah. to do. Um, well, I know that it was a drive over here, and you're a busy man, and I do appreciate you sharing your story with us. Well, thank you so much for having me, and to be able to do it here at the Earl Scruggs Center, which is one so of my nice icons. Good, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to death and very honored to be here today. Well, that's good. I, again, I thank you.